The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you all back, but I'm even more excited about our special guest today. She is a coach, speaker, real estate investor, entrepreneur, and business owner, Sarah Weaver. Sarah, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Cody. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on board. It's honestly my pleasure to have you on. I, I appreciate the chat beforehand. But for those that are maybe seeing your face, hearing your voice for the first time, hopefully not, but just in case if they are, we always love a good origin story here. Would love to know where you're from, how you got into real estate, and what you find yourself doing these days. Yeah, absolutely. So I am originally from Kansas City, and I have been a real estate investor since 2017 and a real estate coach for a few years now. I help real estate agents invest in real estate. What I think makes my story really unique is that I am fully nomadic. So I have been living on the road out of my suitcase for three and a half years almost four years. My friends call me the homeless homeowner. Don't I tell them I'm not, that doesn't sound very good in my dating profile, but, but they're right. I am a homeless homeowner. And then I've been fully remote, like a digital nomad since 2015. Wow. Okay. So that sounds like there's a whole show, just like understanding like the logistics going into like running a business (laughs) completely remote different countries, different time zones all over the world. That's awesome. But but I, I as much as I would love to dive into that, we, <laughs> we want to have you on to help educate myself and the audience a little bit more around maybe some of the missteps or, or mishaps that you've had along your way, maybe even that you've seen your clients go through as well with, without naming names. Just understanding so we can better educate ourselves on, on some of the shortcomings that you've had to go through to ultimately be as successful as you are today and propelling yourself moving forward. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Happy to share. I own 19 units in four States. I self-manage all 19, nine of them are furnished rentals and 10 of them are long-term rentals. I'm currently in a long-term tenant turnover, including minor, like, you know, new bathroom, new tile, new flooring kind of renovation. So middle of the road, doing it all via video, phone, text from, I'm here in Mexico City this week, the properties in Kansas City. And then I have a massive renovation coming up next month. I'm turning a unit in Des Moines. And yeah, I do it all from my phone. Wow. Okay. So just for those listening at home, If you ever thought that you only could invest in your backyard, I think we just proved that not only can it be done remotely, but you really can be anywhere in the world and do this. So so what, what are some of the things maybe that you've gone through that you've learned being the nomadic lifestyle that you've had and you're doing all this stuff remotely? Uh, Have you, have you gone through any bumps and bruises kind of learning what to do and not do in that journey to, to ultimately get you where you, it sounds like you got it pretty, pretty locked up right now as far as things that you know and processes you have in place? Yeah, lots of bumps and bruises. Having a team that you can trust is key, um, just like anything. But then just like I I love to compare real estate investing to online dating. 
So you trust, but verify. So, okay, he says he's six foot one, but <laughs> so the plumber said that they connected the dishwasher, but did they? Because good luck trying to go after them after you've paid them. <laughs> and so, so going that extra step and yes, it costs money. Um, but every time I think about having someone like paying an additional person to go by and check the work of my contractors, I think, hmm, I either send a Venmo or Zelle. Or I have to Uber to the airport, buy the flight, get on the plane, then rent a car, drive there myself. And I say, okay, never mind. I will gladly pay a runner to go check that work. And so I think that, that that's been something you have to learn the hard. That is a true story. I, the plumber just didn't even connect the dishwasher and the tenant moved in. The dishwasher is not working. And the plumber said, not my problem. Wow. So. So yeah. go, going into the, something like that, that example. So I, I would imagine we've, we've heard all kinds of unfortunate happenings when it comes to like construction, renovation, stuff yeah. like that. It, something like that happens. You're for some people that may be out of the state, you're out of the country. Um, mm-hmm. What do you do? The plumber's like, Hey, you paid me. I'm done. You know, I, I'm out of here. Never see you again. H- how do you handle that? You know, going through like, all the things that you're probably thinking about, but then logistically, how do you actually get it rectified so that your tenant actually has a good experience? Yeah. You apologize to the tenant and you call another plumber. It's the exact same thing that you would do if you live 15 minutes away or 1500 miles away. I actually like long distance investing better because it forces you to have, I mean, I have a, what I call the vendor list. It's Mm. just a simple spreadsheet and there's five plumbers on there. And you just rotate them through, you know, you like your ones that you like, if that doesn't work out onto the next one seamlessly. Yeah, exactly. Well, let me ask this for those that may be listening they're They're thinking about investing out of state, out of country, whatever it may be. I would imagine probably most of them out of state, maybe even next city over, but they're looking at that. They want to get their feet wet. How do they find these people that they're going to start trusting to do these types of work for them? What What's your advice or what was your kind of aha moment going through that, that ultimately got you to where, hey, I can have these five people and they're all pretty reliable? Yeah, networking. So m- mine was who would know all the people that I need to know? And there's two people. There's other investors and an investor-friendly agent. So I build my vendor list by finding an investor-friendly agent, tapping into their Rolodex, and then doing the exact same thing with another investor. Oh, that's interesting. So, you know, when you're looking for properties, you're also asking them along the way, like, hey, if if we're going to be doing these renovations, who do you recommend? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Man, I, I don't think I had thought about that, but that's a great idea because who who would actually know better than, than the person actually showing you the property? And they probably already have that list to themselves that they have available and they're probably willing to share it too because you know if you're an investor, they're going to want to sell you more properties in that area as well. Exactly. I mean, it's part of my criteria. If I'm going to buy properties from you, the real estate agent, you need to understand what investors need and I need a GC, I need contractors, I need a cleaner, I need photographer, property management recommendations. I'm going to need all of those things. And that's why I have a really strong relationship with the investor-friendly agents that I use because they understand their value to me as well. So just for those that 
I'm assuming everyone knows that's listening to this, but just in case, what's your what is the real difference between maybe like a regular real estate agent, but then the investor friendly agent? Yeah, you can ask them these things. You can say, what's the PITI? What's the market? Do you think I can burr this? What's the ARV? And just start throwing out these things. And if they look at you like you have two heads, then they're a regular agent. Gotcha. Which, you know, nothing against them. That's just not their cup of tea where they're, you know, in this every day, get in the weeds and understanding the types of things that you're looking for in a property. Whereas my wife and I, if we're going out and buying a new house, there are different things that we look for because we're going to be living there wanting to, you know, raise our family there. Exactly. And and that's what I tell people is like, if I'm going to list, a million dollar listing after a flip, for example, which by the way, I'm not a flipper, but if I was, then I'm probably going to list with a different agent than the agent that's finding me, you know, $75,000 properties on the other side of the town. They're, they're two different jobs. So therefore they're going to be two different people that are qualified to do that. And I think the agents for that case understand that as well. So I don't believe, and at least in my opinion, you can maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I would believe that the agents know that. So it's not like you're hurting their feelings by not allowing them to list it. That's not their cup of tea. You want your your investor-friendly agent going and finding you your next property to deploy your capital to while your your regular agent is saying, hey, let me help sell this as a dream house for somebody who's going to buy this and raise their family. Exactly. I probably would let my investor-friendly agent have a listing appointment to keep things fair. <laughs> but yes, I agree with you. Well, tell me, you know, you you mentioned that you coach real estate, or real estate agents to invest. For those yeah. that may be listening to this, I just assumed that every real estate agent knew and understood exactly how to invest, what to invest in and something like that. What what goes into kind of you helping them and understanding that? What, what have you found that are maybe some of the early mistakes or things that they don't understand that would really help. And I don't want to give the whole program away, but helping them kind of, what, what do you normally see that like, Ooh, that's like a glaring thing that we really need to overcome. Yeah. Well, I think it's a safe assumption. You, you and a lot of people assume that real estate agents invest in real estate, but a whopping 5% of real estate agents own investment properties. Oh, wow. And so that means 95% of licensed real estate agents don't own rental property. And not all of them don't know, don't own because they don't know anything, but a majority of them don't. They are, I even had a real estate agent. Here's a great example. I had a real estate agent in Northern California, a very expensive market. Tell me, I don't understand why I would buy a rental property if I can go list this house and make $20,000. I said, yep, you're absolutely right. Like, I understand what you're saying, but let me just put this by you. What if you spent, let's say you bought a $300,000 duplex in Iowa and it gave you $1,500 a month. She's like, well, 1500 is not very much. And I said, yeah, but it does that forever. That amount goes up every year, ideally. They're paying down your principal. In 30 years, you own the property outright. And all the while, everything tied to that property is a tax write-off. She's like, okay, I'm listening. And I said, and what happens when you can't sell real estate next month? How much money do you make when you don't sell a house? Zero. I said, exactly. But you're still going to get that $1,500 a month from your rental property. And so I said, then how many properties do you need to buy to replace your income? And she makes a lot of money. So she was like, I don't know, like 100 houses. And I said, well, why don't you start by just buying five? 
and see how much that would change your life. And she would, she understands the assignment and she started to write offers. And so I think a lot of what I do is teaching agents how to see that there needs to be an exit strategy. Most real estate agents have no retirement plan. Most real estate agents, if they don't like a client, they still probably work with them because they're performing in what I call scarcity mindset. So Mm -hmm. they need that client and they need that commission. But what if you didn't need it? Right. It's a lot easier to say no to somebody that you don't want to deal with or don't like dealing with for whatever reason, when you know you have revenue coming in that can offset whatever you're normally doing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I have a 12 week program that I take real estate agents through teaching them everything that they need to know, how to analyze a deal with confidence, how to get unlimited financing. So for a lot of real estate agents, financing is a problem because they're they're not a W-2 salaried employee. I help them find a way around that. Then I teach them how to pick an investing strategy. My favorite strategy right now is the medium term rental strategy. So I focus a lot on that if they want it. And then from there, how do you pick a market? A lot of the real estate agents I work with are in really expensive markets. And so my motto, Cody, and it probably makes sense because I'm here in Mexico City, but it's live where you want and invest where the numbers make sense. Right. And so I, I preach that to my clients. And so they're in San Francisco. I'm not telling them to move to Ohio, but maybe you should invest there. Right. Definitely. You know, in San Francisco might be a little steep to invest in. So don't don't leave there to go invest in Ohio. You can just do yeah, it buy a buy a primary. Right. Yeah, and I'll teach you how to house hack. But if you're wanting cash flow, I can teach you how to find other markets that cash flow. I love that because I, I think a lot of us, we, we get scared of, well, it has to be in my backyard because I have to see, feel and touch it. And, and I know this better than any other market. But I love what you're saying that there are ways to analyze other markets, to find resources. We've talked to other people in the past, find partners that are there if you need it to help you get into those markets, to help you find what it is you're looking for. And ultimately you can be way more successful casting that big net. I mean, listen, I still believe the internet for the most part is a really good thing and it can help us eliminate some of those communication barriers when it comes to finding who we need to find to talk to, to find these properties that we want to take down together. So absolutely. I love it. Sarah, I can't thank you enough. I think that's probably as good enough spot as ever to kind of wrap it up and to finish, but honestly can't thank you. I love what you're doing. I I love the message you're putting out there, especially for those that are looking to get in there for the first time. They really don't understand the power they have behind them and and what they can do with real estate. So it's honestly been a pleasure to have you on. Thanks, Cody. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And for those that want to go through your program, want to learn from you, work with you, invest with you in the future, where's the best place people can find you at? Yeah, my website is Sarah D. Weaver, but also my Instagram. So if anyone's on Instagram, I love hearing from listeners. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, go ahead, go over to Instagram, send me a quick message. Let let me know how much funnier I am than Cody <laughs> and just send me a message. My Instagram is Sarah D. Weaver. Well, you're setting the bar really low there because I am not funny at all. So <laughs> that's a really easy hurdle for most people there. But seriously, folks, go check out Sarah's Instagram. It is really great. Send her a message. Sarah, honestly, thank you so much. I really appreciate you jumping on board today. All right. Thanks, Cody. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.